another episode of How's the Market, a podcast for first home buyers and upgraders that gives you tips, tricks, and up-to-date real estate information from on the ground across Melbourne and Geelong. This podcast is brought to you by Tommy Buyers Agents. My name is Tristan Larkin, and with me, I have my co-host, Jonah Howard. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing very good, mate. It's a beautiful day down here in Geelong. I think spring is definitely in the air. Collingwood won last week, so everything's going well. Yeah, they did win. I did. Yes. I did see that and thought of you. I was like, it's too hard to wear half my scarf the, now, but yeah. Oh, good. We're gonna we'll lose half the supporters if it's uh, you're constantly promoting <laughs> Collingwood. It would it wouldn't be good for business, no. mate. No, that's very true. So tell me, how was how was things out in Geelong? Um, it was definitely busier. I think it's picking up for sure. Kind of the higher price price points haven't really you haven't really seen a downturn during the property downturn, but I think the lower price points, there's a lot more people through. There's probably about 12 people through one open I went through. That was around a 600K mark, so I think first-time buyers and potentially maybe an investor coming along, there's a lot more people out and about. Um, everyone, mm. when interest rates are kind of halting and spring is out, the weather's good, I think it's kind of picking up a little bit. A bit more stock out there as well. Uh, what about yourself yeah. in Bell? Dude, Seeing the seeing the same thing, man. Like, oh, it's actually it's it's, yep. it's interesting. Depending on the market, it's been moving fairly differently. So, I noticed that surprisingly, on on the further outskirts of of Melbourne, so around the Officer Packen and Berwick regions, somehow that market's picking up. So that it never really slowed down. Like their days on market were always sort of like fairly low like it's been like one to two weeks and then if they get past the two week mark then they sort of struggle a little bit so it's like whatever's new and shiny out there is just like going really quickly but the 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 agents out there have been saying like oh wow it's really picked up since spring started and i'm like picked up like how's it how's it picked up out there you know you guys are flying um and they're like yeah we're just getting so the days of market hasn't really changed because it can't like it's still for good properties out there it's like seven days like and I was chatting with this this other agency out there and their strategy is they list a property on Tuesday, they do one open on Thursday night, then they do two on Saturday, one in the morning, one late afternoon, then they do another on Sunday and then have offers close on Monday. So like I went to the first Thursday open, I was like the first person through the door and they're like, yeah, just letting you know, offers are probably going to close on Monday. And I'm like, have you got any yet? They're like, nah, but we will. So why do you think that area in particular is just pumping so much? Man, first it's first home buyers like they just love it down there, and it's yeah. just it's just affordable. Like you, there's like nowhere else in metropolitan Melbourne, really, unless you're far west, that you can get like a four bed, two bar, two living space area that's built within the last eight years for 700k ish or under right like I think affordability affordability can drive demand more than anything I for think, sure and, and that's probably evident down here in Cario, like the demand and the capital growth obviously in turn benefits from that but i think affordability can absolutely drive prices yeah yeah and for that reason things have just been flying but then I also went to um, a few auctions in Richmond. So then you go to like the other side of town, right? In a city. So in the Richmond area, there was 10 auctions on the weekend just gone. Seven of them passed in and only three sold, right? 
Right. Now, what I'm noticing out in that market more so, because the agents have been telling me like, you know, we sort of thought we were going to have more stock. We were hoping for a little bit more coming into spring. Um, there is a few few properties coming online still, but interestingly, a lot of those ones needed a fair bit of work. Like two of them that I know um, that passed in were like nearly knockdowns. Um, another one was like required extensive renovations in a heritage overlay. One of the other ones was in like pretty good condition. You'd probably spend 30 to 40 grand on it, like just fixing up the sort of kitchen living area. Um, but still like completely, completely opposite. And then you go look down a little bit um, further out or sort of in the middle around the Glen Iris, Malvern region. And they're like setting records. They're like doing massive um, numbers at their auctions, you know, three, $4 million sales, over the last week. Um, even last week's um, Wow Factor of the Week property, which was, I think it's number 46 Montana in Glen Iris, that's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a cracker property. It's definitely one of the best in one of the better estates out there. I know someone made an offer on it early prior to auction and then they had to increase their quote to 4.2 and it sold for 4.78 last week. Right. I'm not too sure. It must have been 3.9 to 4.1 or something. And it had an offer of 4.2, ended up selling for pretty much 4.8. It's crazy, right? So, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, just shows price everything's sort of happening at a different speed, right? It's like people who entered the market perhaps yeah. before COVID um, and now have benefit better benefit from their property's capital growth and now they're, yeah, they're in a really good position, I guess. Yeah. And imagine if you just made two good property decisions over the last decade and you bought two 10 years yeah. ago, right? Well, and, you know, last 10 so years, good. you've done nothing. You've just paid down the owner OCK and you've had, like, you've kept debt even on the investment property. Um, and 10 years go by and you've had a pretty good run, right? Yeah. You, they could be selling those and then doing like a 50% deposit on some of these houses when they're upgrading, right? So we see a lot of upgraders that significantly increase the property sort of style and like lifestyle attributes of what they were living in in comparison to what they can now afford. So yeah, yeah something to consider. Um, definitely, it's got it's multiple speeds happening at the moment um, across different marketplaces, but it's actually pretty much the topic of what we wanted to touch on today as well. So it's like... The time to buy is now, right? Spring 2023. So I think it's a it's really interesting out there at the moment because like if you look at the year holistically, it's been a pretty tough year for a lot of buyers. So it's really, it's, we've gone through a period of like supply shortages. Um, there's been pretty much heavy competition in a lot of open homes um, just from the net overseas migration along with the lack of stock which has sort of actually created it, even though the interest rate rise and everything, it's really been a seller's market for most of the year because you know, they're selling with competition and selling fast and there's not many options to choose from. Whereas the spring market is beginning to alleviate some of that pressure right now. And I think coming into Christmas time, this is the period where the majority of property transactions are going to happen. Sentiment has changed in the market. Um, and it's definitely still in the process of changing, especially after like last week's interest rate pause announcement. Again, people are starting to get the confidence back. Like 
I'm sure you've heard, I mean, I listen to so many property podcasts and I'm on all the news things, but everyone at the moment is sort of saying like, oh, looks like we're at the top. Um, you know, okay. interest rates are only going down from here. That's the sentiment anyway. Obviously, yep. anything could still happen, but that is sort of trickling down to vendors at the moment. And coming into spring, we're seeing signs of stock uptick. Um, it hasn't had the extreme jumps yet. Usually that is October, November, but there's still positive signs happening out now. So uh, just some numbers. SQM research shows that the Melbourne market has jumped from 32,095 properties available in July to 33,980. So it's about a 4,000 additional properties that have come online across the Melbourne metropolitan market just from um, July to August. We haven't got the numbers for September yet, obviously, because it hasn't finished, but I dare say that September would jump from that again, and then October and November would probably jump from September again. So if there is a time to buy, if you're in the market right now and you're looking at properties, if you've been in the market for a few months and maybe you've been in the market all year, I'm having that conversation a lot at the moment, like been looking for eight to 12 months. If that's you, like try to frame yourself, like get your mindset into a position where you're thinking this is it, right? Like this is the time to go. This is when you've probably... Like the, the agents have probably got the properties that you're likely to buy already. So if October and November are the biggest months, agents have probably got a lot of that stock already signed and they've just planned them for the October, November campaigns, right? So they're already signed up. So if you've listened to the previous podcast and read the previous articles regarding off markets, you know there's a good chance you probably can get to those properties already, um, which is why I reckon it's just such a good time to, to try to move quickly now. And on that note, I want to just sort of flip this on its head and say how not to buy real estate because this is a very common problem that I see is that when multiple good properties come online at once, it's buyers believing the fallacy that, well, a few have come on, so why don't I just wait a few more weeks and like a better property will come up for a better price and therefore we shouldn't take action now. It's very common and like especially if... You know, you've gone through a property, you've, you loved it, like it's ticked all the boxes, but then the agent's like, oh, well, we've already had two offers. And then you start like thinking, oh God, you know, everyone's, everyone wants this one, it's going to be really competitive. You might start getting nervous and then just take inaction on it and say like, oh, I'll just wait for the next one. Like this is a bit scary and it's a bit hard. Just don't be that person because if, if you're just constantly waiting like, who knows, there might not be another property that comes up and then three months from now, you could be looking back at this one saying, oh, I want to try and find something like that. I wish I had have, you know, bought that one or made an offer on that. It's very common, the one that got away sort of thing. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I believe it is a fallacy right now to be not taking action because you just want to wait and see. Like, it's not like you can see every single property that's going to come online for the year and then just wait for the one that you like. Like, it's just, unfortunately, doesn't work like that. And not only that, <laughs> the year's nearly over, right? Like this, this yeah, I just read you. that. Scared that scares me. me. 14 yeah. weekends. So 14 weekends left until Christmas. And out of all of those weekends, some of them aren't auction weekends. So the 23rd of December is a Saturday. So like they just don't do auctions on the 23rd. Like it's too close to Christmas. Everyone's going away. Grand final but weekend. Also grand final weekend, Melbourne Cup. 
Mm -hmm. um, and school holidays. So take into consideration those weekends and just like write them off because like there, there still will be some auctions, but it'll be way less, way, way less. Like yeah. we're talking like 10 to 15%. So if you think of like, oh, well, there, there was 14, maybe there's 10. You might have 10 weekends left where you can buy a property at auction before the year's done. And then like over Christmas time, nothing really happens. And it's traditional for the real estate industry to be asleep until after Australia Day. So it's like if you don't buy within these 10 weeks, you're actually looking pretty much in February um, mm. that you, you'll have a chance to buy next. And trust me, there's a lot of people out there that are going to be waiting for this moment now too, where they're, you know, it's spring. So I, I think just now is the time that you want to be trying to take action. Don't like... You know, unicorns mostly don't exist. If you can find something that ticks eight out of ten boxes and you're like, hang on, if I just do this little bit of work here or if I just do that there or, you know, it's t perfectly livable now, it ticks everything that I want and I can make it that ten out of ten property in the next two, three, five, ten years' time, something like that, like, obviously don't overpay. It's definitely not what I'm saying. But, you know, go in with a fair, reasonable, but competitive offer as well. So, you know, something like look at what the comparable sales are and then, you know, don't, don't lowball it. I see, I see people make that mistake as well. Sometimes the agents just won't contact you back and then you're like, oh, the agents are all lying. It's like, oh, dude, you're like $150,000 underneath where it needed to be. So, like, you can put low offers in that are still reasonable um, and you, you just got to start trying that now. Like, I think this is, this is the time to be doing that you know, some vendors are a bit worried because they're like, oh, well, maybe a heap of stock's going to come on in the next few weeks and then all of a sudden all the buyers that were interested in my property might go away, especially if it's been on the market for a few weeks already. So, yeah, I just think, you know, take advantage of opportunities. Like right now, like it's time to get serious. You know, if you were to planning buy. to buy a property, yeah, go for it. Like yep. um, it's one of the best times of the year right now and... Like this would be the time to really push for off markets as well because uh -huh. they're coming up. Like over the next few weeks, you'll see properties come online, and if you're, you know, clever about it right now, you'll you can get access to those. Yeah, um, there's probably and, been yeah, a, so, a, a little bit less off markets probably in the in the last couple of months. You would say, and it's definitely going to pick up um, in the coming months. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Rightio, in the so media. That's a, that's, that's the rant, but yeah, take it away, mate. What do we have? Yeah. Actually, I've had a quick quick look at these. These are two cracking yeah. articles that are so important, yeah. mate. So what have you found? I'll just kind of summarize it, I guess. I think we're always speaking about off-the-plan apartments, it feels like, but this is this is a sad story. So residents, so the, it's, the title is 77 homeowners facing financial ruin as they discover major government oversight after building goes bust. So residents of a West Footscray apartment complex have received a devastating email. They were notified that their apartment complex had had combustible cladding installed back when it was built in 2014. The builder had recently gone bust, meaning that the res residents are liable to pay for the reinstallation of compliant cladding. I've heard these stories many, many times over my building design career. Obviously, we, we any time there was kind of a compliance issue, we, we were... Yeah, analysing that like pretty pretty comprehensively, and and these are so evident in these big new builds. 
So this is one of the many issues that this building has had over the years. Several independent builders have found that the original builder of the apartment complex, Shangri La Construction, sounds like a Chinese construction company, had also carried out inadequate waterproofing, causing some residents to experience waterfalls in their lounge rooms, which resulted in rampant black mould all throughout the complex and rendering some apartments unlivable. The residents of this mm. apartment complex now have strata fees in excess of $10,000, so $10,000 annually, meaning some residents are facing some serious financial hardship. Some residents have had to move back in with their parents, get a second or third job, and even one resident had described themselves as being suicidal from the financial strain that this has caused on their life. A resident, yeah, Andrew wow. John, has accurately said that this is a life sentence. Really mm. sad stuff. It's just... Yeah, heartbreaking. This is probably a lot of first home buyers that are trying to purchase yeah, these apartment complexes. They see a big advertisement of a nice, pretty, high-rise apartment and they put a deposit down and then all of a sudden they've really just messed themselves up for life. Yeah. And then I mean, so like I see them on realestate.com yeah. all the time. Like the renders that they draw are awesome. Like they look Aren't fantastic. They? They're very misleading. Yeah. I used to mm. I used to make those renders. Trust me, they're misleading. <laughs> You're that guy. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they look fantastic. Yeah. Now, we, we went through one for a client. We had a client that bought one before coming to us, and they're like, oh, can you come to the inspection like prior to moving in, sort of thing? And what the render didn't include that was evident in the apartment was a giant. Um, <laughs> A giant pipe that just ran straight through the middle of the lounge room, and what? like, yeah, it was a giant. It was a giant pipe. Like it wasn't didn't match the colors of the walls or anything. It was this brass sort of pipe that just went straight through, and yeah. like well, just a, didn't fit in the walls thing, or whatever. Like, yeah, a massive thing with renders as well is all the tiles and all the extras they they add onto the renders, so it looks amazing. But then when you go in there, you've actually got to pay for all that stuff. So when you actually get mm. moved into the apartment and it's just like stock standard, <laughs> it looks nowhere yeah. near as good. So be careful. Yeah, be careful. Well, and dude, what's yeah. what's interesting, and I'd love to ask you about this as well. Is so this 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 apartment complex here with the combustible cladding? It was built in 2014, mm -hmm. and yep. it it says that it was built to legal standards. So the standards were just like so low back then that you could actually get away with building something like this. Is is that right? Yeah, so the standards have changed over time. So I'm not sure. I think it was maybe 2017 or 2018 where a massive apartment complex, like I'm not sure how many levels, but absolutely huge in Melbourne was set on fire mm. from a cladding. And that these kind of standards came in after that. And, and now a lot of apartment complexes are being found that, yeah, they're, they're highly combustible and, yeah, it can cause some serious, yeah. serious issues. Mate, like I read the email that um that was in the article that was sent out to all the owners and residents of this building in West Footscray, and it yeah. is like, dude, I I can't imagine what it must have felt like to be one of these homeowners to receive this email. But this this is some of the yeah. lines from it. I've got it up here. So it says, you know, we've found combustible cladding. There's multiple sorts. We've had multiple builders confirm it. Um, notable, the following must be adhered to. No smoking on any balcony or courtyard at the property. No barbecues are to be operated on balconies and court sides. Do not use any lights on the exterior of your property. Remove all items from your balcony that present a fire risk. Heaters, washing, and any other items. <laughs> like, so basically what they're saying homo. is, if, the, if there's ever even the smallest spark, 
that the whole thing is going to go up in flames. So that's yeah. that's a bit scary. So, so I mean, not I, only I are you under terrifying. financial stress, but it's also like scared for your life as well. <laughs> Imagine if you you're living there with your kid, you know, and your kids in yeah, one of exactly. the bedrooms at night, and maybe you're going out for dinner or whatever it is. Like you wouldn't want to leave your kid alone, knowing no. that the entire complex could burst into flames at any moment <laughs> like yeah it's uh mate it might it, it, honestly it would be absolutely devastating and and what that guy said in terms of it feeling like a life sentence like that's true right because you're not really going to be able to sell this um especially nope. with like this as the news like everyone will check the combustible you're not gonna be planning. able to sell or rent it yeah well the, the rental issues could yeah definitely be rental i mean especially if you've got mold or or yeah, like it's mold. just not waterproofed at all. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like it's literally dangerous to live there. You can't get your money back from the builder. Like, you've got to spend tens of thousands of dollars a year additional just to make sure that the building's safe, plus go through all these works. Like, it would just be, it would be an absolute nightmare trying to do this. And yeah. you either have to sell at a loss, some people might declare bankruptcy, or it's like, yeah, work additional jobs. Like, it's, it's it would be, yeah. it would just be absolutely awful. So, so, so one guy said he was suicidal and, and that might sound like it's probably overkill or whatever, but if you think about the financial stress that this is going to cause and it's going to set you up for, for a life of working 70, 80 hours a week to try and pay for this thing. It's like, like that's some that's serious, awful. serious, serious stress that yeah, you know that's, that it's going yeah, to come awful. in the future. So it's scary. So let's talk about the next article that I read this morning. Titled First Home Buyers Surge in Off the Plan Apartment Inquiries. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of people heard that in New South Wales, first home buyers are now exempt from paying stamp duty up to eight hundred thousand dollars, which I think previously it was six fifty perhaps. So meaning that there has been a huge influx of people inquiring about off the plan apartments because like we said they see the beautiful advertising of a big sky rise apartment and they and they put down the small deposit 5% deposit or whatever it is that they ask and then yeah they they move in and then these kind of issues come up and not only do these issues come up but these things we don't know if they're going to grow in value when when you're buying an established property you you kind of you don't know but you you've seen the history of that property and you know that it's increased in value over time and that's probably going to continue. When you're buying an off-the-plan apartment, you've got construction risks. You could pay, end up paying $10,000 annually um, to fix these issues. Potentially, you can't rent it in the future, and it's not growing in value. So please don't buy an off-the-plan apartment, or at least do thorough, thorough, thorough research and make sure that you have looked at all the options because surgeon off-the-plan apartments, this was the next article below. <laughs> below that I saw all these construction issues and, and these people saying they're suicidal from the financial stress and then this was the next article surgeon off the planning department inquiries that scares me mm. and there is things that you can like if, if you're you know your heart's set on an apartment like sure no no issues like some apartments are actually great too and some, and some do grow in yeah. value typically the off the plan like it's common knowledge in the industry that whoever buys it first off the plan typically pays a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar premium. So yep. oftentimes you lose big if you're the first purchaser rather than if you if you're the second or the third. Though there is sort of other things you can do, like make sure that you know like 
thoroughly who the builder is and go through some of their other developments and check so out what the sale Shang prices Ring are Lark in the, their other buildings. Was the builder of this one, and that sounds like an international builder to me. So that automatically should be a red flag. Yeah, or at least like you'd you'd want to make sure that they've built in Australia, ideally the same yeah. state before, it's so it's that you can Australian physically standards. inspect. Yeah, and they're building something yeah. to Australian standards, and obviously it hasn't been built to Australian standards, and now people are liable for it. And not only that, it's a safety issue. That is, it is. Yeah. We, yeah, we have to do. I'll have to get um James on as well, and we'll do a conversation between all of us in regards to how the renders can actually change because that's a full and interesting topic on its own um, yeah. that can be quite alarming. And I think it's yeah. like a bit of bit of a PSA just to make sure that people are aware of this, especially if you're looking into this, just to understand yeah. the ins and outs of how that whole world works. So, I yeah. I can give some inside info into that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure like, you, yeah, you know, even uh, some photos on realestate.com of like established houses, some of those are, are renders as well. Like they'll render in a nice... Yeah background and lighting and everything like that so it's actually it's fake basically so oh realestate.com yeah oh my god that yeah. so they can they render in um furniture as well sometimes they just do virtual staging yeah. yeah and sometimes it's like they will also use fisheye lenses to make rooms look bigger yeah. or they will just literally stretch the photos to make the rooms look bigger i've also seen it's very common that they will do all of the gardening virtually so they will like essentially have clean fresh mowed lawns and then you get there and it's actually like a big <laughs> pothole of mud Mate, and I, like... I, I think i was victim to this the fisheye lens like last weekend when i went to crib point and i saw it and i was like geez yeah that like looks good i'll go have a look at it and i went there and it was about half the size of what i thought it was what it looked like yeah and it was like in the ghetto and there was like interior block work so they haven't plastered over the block work and it it looks makes it look feel like a warehouse, and you couldn't see it in the photos. So they've either mm. someone's rendered it or edited it, so you can't see that you've got that interior block work to make it feel all warehousey. And I get there, and it's half the size, and there's interior brickwork, and yeah, it just was yeah not good. So be careful. That's why yeah, always see it. Always in inspect things in person. Yes. Yeah, that's a good Absolutely. that's a good rule to end on. Awesome. Well, look, thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure to check out www.tommy.com.au to get access to our How's the Market blog and join the mailing list. And we shall see you again in next week's episode. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Jonah underscore Tommy underscore Geelong and Tristan Larkin. Until then, see you guys. See you.